We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the...
morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship on this fabulous, wonderful Sunday. And if you're watching online, we say welcome to you as well. We're ready to praise the Lord. Father, we thank you that you are a good God and your goodness fills this place. And we just give you the high praise today and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together.
songs. And you love this. Come on, just worship him in this place. Oh, you saw from before we ever entered our mother's womb. You rolled about us, Lord. You spoke over us already. Come on, just lift your hands up this place.
son and this is your house this is your place and we are your people and we thank you that we get to be here and you will speak to us Oh 
The fight has been won and the battle is done. Take hold of my hand and come with God's Son. Come to the place that I have prepared for you. The place of blessing. The place of goodness. The place of peace. And the place of faith and one with me. I'm calling each and every one of you to come to me and to get a hold of what I've given you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, today is Communion Sunday, and Pastor Nelson is going to come and lead us in communion. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They're such a blessing. Hallelujah. And you're a blessing, too. We're glad to see each and every one of you here. You just didn't happen to come here, but God brought you to the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Good morning, family. It's an awesome day, isn't it? We have a mighty God, an awesome son, and a great Holy Spirit. See, this is why communion is so important. It's a holy time of a fellowship with God. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all spoke about it. So he, Jesus is the final sacrifice. He is perfect. He was the Passover lamb. He fulfilled the requirements that set forth in Exodus 12. So he was a male, unblemished by sin. He was willing to die in our, for our place, in our place. But when we accept the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, in our life, it says his blood causes the death angel to pass over us. So right now I ask you to go back and get your, your juice and your bread, and we'll get ready for some more.
So we're heading into John 6.35. He says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will never thirst again. And so Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But let the gift of God is eternal. Life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well. Beloved children, imitate their father. So we, when we follow what the Lord has to say and believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we take him in. And that's saying goodbye to the old you. It says everything is new. It's saying goodbye to sin's dominion over our lives. It says goodbye to guilt and shame. It says goodbye to depression. And say goodbye to the old habits. And say goodbye to sickness and disease. Yes. And say goodbye to poverty and lack. The moment the blood of Jesus is applied, you'll say goodbye to Satan's dominion once and for all. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. And after the same manner, as he took the cup, when she had supped from it, and saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Remembrance of me, take and drink. Father, we just thanking you for having such a mighty son. Thanking you, Jesus, for going that cross for us. Taking away all things of the enemy, Father. We bind, we broke all dominion of the enemy. And we praise you, praise you, praise you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, forcing it as well. And we thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Amen. Well, this is how we enforce our victory is by yes. speaking the word. Yes. yes. So we like to emphasize the subject every quarter, and we just want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith. Hallelujah. All right, let's make our confession. The righteousness, the righteousness of, of God, God comes to us as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. Righteousness is a gift the Lord has given to those who trust in him as Savior and confess Jesus as Lord. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Through righteousness, we are acceptable to God 
and we are given a new nature that is clean and holy. Righteousness transforms us in Christ. God is able to rescue us, his righteous people, from the things that would overwhelm the wicked. We expect God's blessing to rest on us, and we believe our righteousness will release strength and favor to our city. As we pursue righteousness, we shall experience abundant life. As we walk in righteousness, we shall possess a lasting reward. We shall be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the Anointed One, bringing great praise and glory to God. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I wanted to say something real quick. Um, hey, I preached on Wednesday. If you weren't here, you know. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, this year our emphasis is to strengthen the home and the family. If you weren't here on Wednesday or you didn't listen online, what I preached on Wednesday is critical information to create a strong home and healthy relationships. You have to listen to that message. I highly, highly urge you to listen to it. I spoke on not to be offended. And offense is the number one reason a lot of relationships break up. You know, it's because of um, money or things in marriages, but you were offended about something with money. You were offended about something with something. You understand? People leave churches because they're offended. (laughs) Sometimes you need to leave the church, but there are cases where you don't. And you leave it because somebody hurt your feelings or they didn't do something you wanted them to do. That's offense. <laughs> so I just wanted to, since everybody's here, tell you, listen to me. And especially the women. Oh, what's happening to this microphone? <laughs> especially the women who are coming to the women's conference. It's almost like a prerequisite for the women's conference. Hello. Okay, good. To listen to it because... That will take away a lot of the questions you're going to have when I teach stuff. And you're going to say, but what about this and what about that? If you listen to this message, you're going to know about what to do with all the what about this and what about that. All right? Uh, The next thing is the grace class. They'll probably tell you about the grace class. But you could still join in if you'd like. Um, If you ever want to see me without makeup, I'm on there without makeup. Pastor Doug was in Illinois, and the whole plan was that he would run the thing, you know, and do his thing, and then I started getting texts. Nobody can get on. What's going on? So I intervened. But anyway, it was good because I asked some questions and uh, clarified some things for myself, and I think it helped everybody else too. But uh, first lesson, we learned that grace is for covenant people. Isn't that something? That popped out at me when he's made that statement. I'm like, Yeah. We have grace and the world doesn't. You know what world the gra- what grace the world gets to have is the grace to get saved. 
but they don't have any other grace. We're the ones with the grace. That alone is worth the whole four or five weeks worth of training. And what else did we talk about? I forgot. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> there was someone that I asked Pastor Doug, give me an example of something. He said, well, uh, to be part of the family of God or something like that. And then I was bringing out the point that we have grace, us as believers, we have grace to have relationships with the family of God that we don't, that, that a regular family member doesn't have with you. So if you're a believer you, and you are born again, there is a grace inside of you for relationships with fellow believers. But the way the grace works, I'm synopsizing the first, this is the first lesson, folks. We got four more to go. The way the grace works is, is you get the package. You know, some people don't believe in healing, but it's there. They could if they want to. It's not going to go away. Well, grace is there for everything we need, but we have to activate it by accepting it and using it. And the way we use it is to do things with the power of God, the grace of God, not our own strength. And the way to compare that is that if you are doing things at the same way, the person who does ha- doesn't have a covenant of grace, then you're not doing it in grace yet. That's the synopsis of the class. Isn't that awesome? So <laughs> you could still sign up, still join in. All of the classes are recorded and saved in our Facebook group. So all this is in the Facebook group. And then we have four more to go on a Thursday night. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Fiona. That was awesome. I like reviews. They help me a lot. So you sign up for the Grace class. You can find the information out on our website, vcfpa.org. Once you sign up, you'll be sent some information, and then you're added to a private Facebook group. That's called the Grace class group. So that's how you access this class. So if you're not available on Thursday nights when it's happening live, you can always watch it later. And the great part about being able to watch it live is you get to ask your own questions. Yes. All right. So that's Thursday night. Four more Thursday nights this week and then three more. Today we have the youth prepared an assortment of deliciousness for you. We are celebrating Valentine's Day, and we wanted to supply you with an assortment of savory and sweet and creative and traditional items. So check out the back. There's too much for me to list, but you go check it out. We have cold. We have room temperature. We have sweet. We have savory. The youth came up with a lot of creative ideas. And then we worked together in the kitchen yesterday. I love working in the kitchen with the youth. That's wonderful. It's like that's when their creativity just gets miracle grow. (laughs) Yes, so please check it out. And thank you for supporting and sponsoring and encouraging our youth as they develop new skills in life. All right. Then Monday... This Monday, February 12th, is the High Value Women's Group. And women, you can access this group on FionaInc.com. And this is 
a tremendous asset for women to recognize and to learn the practical truths of our value. It's like grace. We have a high value. Let's learn how to use it for God's glory, and we will receive the benefits and blessings of it, as will everybody in our life. So you can access that at FionaInc.com. Tuesday at 125, we have this generation. That's our middle school outreach. Our middle school students are awesome. And we love when they come running in here, and they're full of energy. They're full of a hungry appetite, and they have lots to share. So we love hanging out with the youth on Tuesdays, 125, from the middle school. And then they come back again at night. It's awesome. So we meet back here at 6 o'clock. We have started the opportunity for youth to bring their homework if they need help or if they just need a place where they can focus and get it done before youth group. So some youth are showing up about a half hour early just to get that done. I mean, we have in the house, we have Miss Melissa, who's a math teacher. She can help with math. And then we have Mrs. Abby Balkerin, who is an English teacher. She can help with English. And then the rest of us take care of everything else. (laughs) We bring our life practical skills, and it's all good. All right. So that's youth group 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. Yeah, Wednesday at 6.30. So you want to be here for Wednesday night refreshing. And then Thursday is when we have third, fourth, and fifth graders from Forge Elementary and Northside Elementary. We have over 50 students that come. They come barreling in the door. Yeah, they're full of excitement. And they are learning about Jesus, what he's done for us, who he is, and how we can have a relationship with God Almighty. And then they take that home with them. They take it to the schools. And they are the ones asking their fellow classmates and friends to come to Bible Adventure. So they're out there bringing them in. And it's a good thing. If you'd like to help with that, you can call the church office or see Miss Chris Frenchick as she heads that up for us here. And then we talked about Thursday night, the grace class. Ladies, this Friday is woven. Okay, this Friday is woven. Yeah, because we didn't get to meet last month. Something white and icy fell. (laughs) So I am doubly excited about woven because it's been since December. We are so excited to have woven this Friday, February 16th, 6 o'clock. Come eat. Come meet. Come greet. And then you'll go forth with good news to spread with your mouth and your feet. All right. See, you're going to remember now. I attempted a little rhyme there. (laughs) All right, that's Friday. And then that's for girls ages 12 up. It's not just older ladies, but age 12 up. And then Saturday is our second time to go out for Covenant Fishing Company. We had a great time two weeks ago. We're going out the first and third Saturdays of the month. So plan it ahead if you look ahead. So we're going out, and look, you're getting a phone call. Come fish with me. 
It's time to catch some fish at the Covenant Fishing Company. <laughs> hey, Pastor Doug, there's an anointing to rhyme up here. <laughs> and you already have the natural flow. I can only imagine. <laughs> this is not my normal flow. <sighs> I remember in school, Abby, I did not like the rhyming assignments. To me, that was so confining and boring. Yeah. I wanted to be free to say it however I wanted to say it, in however many syllables a line I wanted to say it. But I did do my assignments, just letting you know. Yeah, okay. Okay, so look, we join here together and we talk about witnessing how to share your testimony. You can just say, hey, like we did this together in the park. Hi, my name is, and we're from Victor Christian Fellowship, and there's other people with you, so that could be all you say. And then someone else says, has anyone told you that Jesus loves you? And then whatever their answer is, you just say something else. Well, we would like to invite you to come to Victor Christian Fellowship. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, and however the conversation goes, it's that simple. So come on out and join us, and we will fish for people. All right, bring them into the kingdom of God, into the family of God, so they can access their grace package. I'm not done yet, (laughs) but I'm getting close. Next Sunday is the third Sunday, and then this will be your second time meeting for your book club, The Outdoorsman. I'll just give you a little tip. If you totally forgot about it, Pastor Nelson just said last night, oh, yeah, i got to read my chapters. So you're good. It's all good. (laughs) We're all good. Come on out, whether you have the book, whether you read the chapters. This is what we always tell the women. We want to meet together, have conversation. So come on out. The men meet upstairs. I think Pastor Nelson has a couple big hams that he's starting to prepare and add other delicious food to it. So ham's going to be the meat. Meat is the key ingredient. I told Pastor Nelson, well, we need more than meat and potatoes. So I rely on Abby to help fluff it up a little. (laughs) She brings the creative vegetables and fruits along with the meat. And the women, we're meeting at the same time, right after service, 1230. We end at 2, and we're having ham. And then we're going to have something else. Abby always surprises us. And we're studying the Confident You book. So what about this, ladies? We get a triple. We get grace from the grace class, and then we get value from the high-value women's class, and then we get confidence from the Confident You book club, and then you throw in woven that surprise, and you get a grand slam. Woo! Yeah! That's That's a winning game. All right. Which takes me to winning winter wonderland. Named by our very own Miss Melissa, you can tell, Melissa named Winning Winter Wonderland. (laughs) Yes, she did. March 2nd, this is our first winter event. It's for youth, ages 12 to 17. So tell youth, invite youth, youth here in the house, come on out. We're going to have lots of fun, and we have a special uh, double smoked pork barbecue being prepared for us by Mr. Frenchek. 
If you didn't know, he's notoriously known for his delicious double-smoked meats. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. And we'll have lots of games and food and fun. If you're not available, youth, for the whole time, come when you're available. All right? And then the last thing is the Woven Conference, April 19th to 20th. I don't need to say any more. Sign up and come. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Well, Dr. Fiona had mentioned that she has a, uh, we're going to make a special announcement. And uh, it's a good thing. Um, some of, many of you know that we have our older son, Gabriel, who's in Oklahoma. Well, the announcement is that uh, I think it's sometime after the summer, he's going to be coming, huh? July. He's going to be coming back here, and uh, he's going to be our missions pastor, and he's going to be involved in a lot of things, so we're excited. Uh, as, as we have lent him out, then our seat is coming back, so he's going to be taking us uh, to the next level. So we're excited about that. So that's the announcement. Uh, Gabriel's coming back. I think, uh, I think Arby's just got saved because we have the meat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Speaking of meat, I want to tell you about Bubba's barbecue. Because, <clears throat> you know, if you, if you grew up uh, in a denomination uh, like I did, maybe you practice uh, Lent or something like that, so this might uh, touch you. <laughs> each, each, each Friday night after work, Bubba would fire his outdoor grill and cook venison steak. But all of Bubba's neighbors, neighbors were Catholic, and since it was Lent, they were forbidden from eating meat on Friday. The delicious aroma from the grilled venison steaks was causing such a problem for the Catholic faithful that they finally had to talk to their priest. The priest came to visit Bubba and suggested that he become a Catholic. After several classes and much study, Bubba attended Mass. The priest sprinkled holy water over him and said, You were born a Baptist, raised a Baptist, but now you're a Catholic. Bubba's neighbors were greatly relieved. Until Friday night arrived, and the wonderful aroma of grilled venison filled the neighborhood. The priest was called immediately by the neighbors. As the priest rushed into Bubba's yard, clutching his rosary, Prepared to scold him, he stopped and watched in amazement. There stood Bubba, clutching a small bottle of holy water, which he carefully sprinkled over the grilling meat while chanting, You, were, you was born a deer, you was raised a deer, but now you're a catfish. You got to make it work, right? <laughs> All right. A five-year-old was discussing uh, Noah's Ark with Grandma, and Grandma asked, how many animals went into the Ark? The youngster replied, one male and one email. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. 
All right, a little boy opened up a big family Bible. He was fascinated as he fingered through the old pages. Suddenly, something fell out of the Bible. He picked up the object and looked at it. What he saw was an old leaf that had been pressed in between the pages. Mama, look what I found, the boy called. What have you got there, dear? With astonishment, the young, bo- the young boy's voice, he answered, I think it's Adam's underwear. And then um, here's just uh, a few little fun things. What did one light bulb say to the other? I love you a lot. Do skunks celebrate Valentine's Day? Sure, they're very sentimental. (laughs) What did the paperclip say to the magnet? On Valentine's Day, I find you very attractive. (laughs) What did one pickle say to the other? You mean a great deal to me. (laughs) And on that, I close. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad that you're here. If uh, you desire to give this morning your tithes and your offerings, you can give any time during the service. We have containers by the bookstore, and as you come in... If you make a check, you can make it out to VCF. If you're watching online, you can go to our website, give that way. Uh, If you need to use a card, you can use that in our bookstore. But Father, I give you thanks and praise. It's a great honor and privilege to be able to give into your kingdom. Lord, we give because we love you. And we thank you, Lord, that you reward each and every giver. And you bless their gifts, Father, and you multiply it. And I speak that blessing on each and every one of them now. In Jesus' name, amen. And we got some awesome looking kids in this place. So we're going to send them to their kids' life. They're already excited, ready to go. So kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Hallelujah. And we are very glad that you are here today. You're in the right place at the right time. You're here by design. Amen. Hallelujah. You ready for the word this morning? Long ago, I became a Bible junkie. (laughs) And uh, I started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, went on to Acts and Romans. And I don't regret one bit of it. I love the word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning... As I was preparing uh, in Illinois and uh, meditating, once again, I was trying to go one direction, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go this direction. And uh, today, um, the Holy Spirit's going to help us to develop a heart of intercession. You know, um, one of the main things that we can do is pray. Amen? Amen. If you... um, Watch a lot of the news, it may cause complaining. And uh, instead of complaining, you can turn your complaints into prayers. And um, intercession, we're going to find out a little bit about it. And I'm going to give you four keys to help develop the heart of intercession. You know, um, everybody can pray. 
Intercession is simply praying for another. Amen? How many can pray for another? Uh, prayer is a very important part of Christianity. And I'd like you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And so we're going to develop a heart of intercession today. First uh, Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, it says, I, exer- I exhort, therefore, that first of all, everybody say first of all. When you say first of all, this is a very important point that he's making. And he says, supplications, prayers, notice this next word, intercessions, and giving of thanks. You know, giving of thanks is part of prayer. So he's, he's wanting us to know, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. And these are basically, they're all prayers, but they're different kinds of prayer, okay? Be made for who? Everybody say all men. The ones you like and the ones you don't like. All men, all mankind, okay? This is God's heart, is for us to pray. When we have a problem, pray. When we face a challenge, pray. When uh, something rises in life, pray. Amen? Okay? Then he says, verse 2, for kings. Now, we don't have kings here, but we do have leaders. Um, And for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. How many know God favors prayer? God is for prayer. God is pro-prayer, right? So when we pray supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks for all men and for kings and for all those in our authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. Why? So that the gospel can flourish and thrive. Amen? For this is good. Say, God loves prayer. prayer. This is good and acceptable to uh, God. So let me just give you a a quick thing. Petitions are praying uh, or supplications. Uh, They're they're praying for a specific uh, felt need. Um, you, uh, you, You bring whatever you need to God. Okay, supplication and a, a petition are are the, are the same. Okay, um, for instance, you know Paul was very passionate about Israel, and in in Romans ten one says he prayed for their salvation. Right, he prayed that Israel would be saved. Okay, um, so prayers. This word prayer in this scripture refers to a place in the open air where Jews uh, were accustomed to pray, all right? Uh, if you don't have a place to pray, they, they found a place to pray, amen? And, uh, um, you know, uh, th- this word prayer, it's earnest prayer. It's uh, worship. It's, um, you know, and, and many people were known for their prayers. How many know God hears prayer? Okay. And uh, this word uh, intercessions, it means 
intervention and an intersection which hits the mark. So when you intercede for something, you are intervening in a problem that's occurring. Okay? Um, This word intercessions, it means intervention led by God. Intervention led by God, marking intersection between heaven and earth, and it reflects the Lord's specific will. Okay? Now, um, there is no particular calling of intercession. It's for every believer. Say, I can be an intercessor. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and has accepted him as their Savior can be an intercessor, okay? You know, there's not a particular calling like like evangelist, prophet, apostle, uh, or helps, um, but everybody should be able to pray, amen? Hallelujah. And uh, sometimes uh, things come up and someone has to intervene. Okay, they have to bring this case before God. They have to bring it before the throne of God so that God can do something in the matter. Amen. So an intercessor is one who offers prayers, petitions or entreaty in favor of another. Okay, so if you can pray for someone else, you can intercede. All right. Um, an intercessor makes intercession and assails God with petitions for others. Okay? For example, if you know someone that's not born again, you can intercede for them that they come to know Jesus. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Um, some, I've heard of stories where God would inspire someone to pray at one part of the globe and they were praying for a person in another part of the globe, and as they were praying, God was delivering them from danger or harm or something else. Okay? So the great thing about intercession is there's no distance or time that will limit you from intervening. Hallelujah. You can intercede any place, anywhere, anytime. All right? An intercessor comes in between others and the Lord. How many, you, you've heard the word interstate, right? That's a highway that connects state to state, right? You've heard the term international, right? That's, that's a, a term that connects nations between nations. You go in between, right? So to intercede is to come in between. Another way to, the, that the Bible describes it is to stand in the gap. Amen? Did you know? Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right. An intercessor equates himself or herself with those that they pray for. You know, when Nehemiah prayed for Israel, that was the walls that were broken down, he equated himself with the sin that caused the walls to be broken down. They said, Lord, we have sinned. Right? He included himself in there. And that's what an intercessor does. An intercessor um, will uh, equate him, himself or herself with those that they pray for. Okay? Um, an intercessor stands in the gap 
and lifts up the needs and concerns of others to God. It is an expression of agape or selfless love. That's what intercession is. Okay? And uh, so an intercessor also keeps watch. Right? Get your watch on today. Right? Uh, Because an intercessor is looking to see what's happening so that they can warn or prepare for what's happening. Okay? I want you to go to Mark chapter 24. Mark chapter 24. Glory to God. And uh, I'm going to lead you in a, a little prayer later today. We're going we're gonna to pray. Amen? Amen? Can't talk about prayer and not do it. Glory to God. See, we're living in a time and an hour where we need some people to be watchful and alert. Okay? And that doesn't mean to watch the news necessarily. You've got to be watching for what God is saying, for what God wants to do, for uh, what you've got to be watching in the spirit realm. Okay? Hallelujah. Y'all doing good this morning? Matthew chapter 24 and verse, verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. Okay? It says this. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord comes. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched And he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. How many know the Lord's getting ready to come back? And and we are in the last of the last days. And uh, the church needs to be about the Father's business, which includes watching for what he wants to do in the earth to get ready for his return. Amen? Number one, he wants to see a great revival break out in this earth, amen, and that's directly related to the fishing company, amen. God wants us to be witnesses. What are we witnesses? We, We tell what Jesus has done. We tell who he is, amen, and our job is simply to tell that to someone else, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to convince them. But we need to tell them, he'll convince them. Amen? So we we tell people about Jesus by how we live. And we tell people about Jesus by what we say and what we do. Amen? So we got to be watchful. All right? Intercessors are watchful. Okay? They keep watch and they're looking for what God wants to do. They're looking for so that they can be in the right place at the right time. I mean, timing is important. With God, it's eternal. But with us, it's important. Amen? How many know you got to be in the right place at the right time? You got to be where God says to be at that moment. Right? Because that's where he scheduled his blessing to flow. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay? Go to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. And look at verse 33. It's saying some, something similar. Okay? Mark chapter 13 and verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray. Everybody say watch and pray. You know, sometimes you need to pray with your eyes open. You don't always have to close your eyes. 
Why? How are you going to watch? Right? It's recorded right here. Watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Okay? How many know Jesus left, but he wants us to keep watch. He wants us to be alert and to observe closely. Amen? Amen. You know, you can't live a Christian life not being on guard. You, you got to be on guard. A guard has to be alert. A guard has to be ready. A guard has to be able to warn the others if something is coming. Amen? Amen. And uh, so this taking watch is part of intercession. All right, verse 35. Watch you therefore, for you know not know when the master of the house is come, comes at evening or at midnight or at uh, the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. Ooh, why? Because you weren't watching. Okay? And, and what I say to you, I say unto all, watch. Amen? Amen. Say, Jesus wants me to watch. Okay? This watch, it's a military term. And it defines uh, segments of time during which sentries guard others from harm and alerting citizens of approaching enemies. All right? How many know, uh, you you go ahead and sleep and I'll, I'll take the night watch. Right? That's what they're saying. Okay? So, uh, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Did you know that Jesus is an intercessor? And our goal is to be like Jesus, right? So if Jesus was an intercessor, then we need to be an intercessor. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 34. Romans 8 and verse 34. It says this, Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died... Yea, rather, that is written, risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. How do you think that you came to know the Lord? Someone was praying for you somewhere. Amen? It may have been a person, but I can, I can guarantee you this. There's someone in heaven that's praying for you. It's Jesus, and he is sitting at God's right hand, making intercession. He is standing in the gap. He's pleading your case. He's pulling for you. He's cheering you on. He's saying, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Amen? Amen. So right now, as we speak, Jesus is sitting at the throne, and he's interceding for people. He's interceding for situations. Amen? Amen? And he is helping you avoid... The devil's traps. Okay? You know, someone, sometimes God will alert people to tell others, hey, don't, don't do this, there's trouble there. Don't go there, there's trouble there. Okay? I, I just heard a testimony of a friend of mine while I was in Illinois visiting my parents. And uh, he was... Uh, his father had just passed uh, about a year ago, and uh, one of his brothers, who lives in Seattle, came to Illinois 
just to celebrate Christmas, and he was heading back on Christmas Day. And my friend kept hearing this word, he, needs to, he, he doesn't need to go today. He doesn't need to go today, because his brother was going to be traveling back to Seattle, right? He, just, he, he heard that about four times, okay? Well, he went to the airport. He, he didn't tell his brother. I don't know why he didn't tell him, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just think it's kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, listen, if you get that at least more than once, tell him, right? And just let God work it out. Well, anyway, his brother went to the airport, uh, but guess what? His flight got canceled. And now he couldn't get a rental car because he was stuck at the airport. So now his other brother that should have told him, don't, don't leave yet, had to go to the airport and get him, you know. And, uh, but it all worked out. But uh, God was alerting him, okay? So Jesus is an intercession, all right? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, you know, when you face tribulation, you got an intercessor at the throne who's praying for you. Tribulation is trouble. Distress. Anybody ever experienced any distress in life? Right? Well, you got someone praying for you to overcome distress. Right? Uh, or persecution. You know, the devil wants to persecute you for being a Christian, but God can deliver you. Amen? Amen. Or famine. You know, have you ever experienced a period of lack? Well, guess what? You got someone praying for you in that lack. Why? So that you can get a supply. Did you know that God can provide for people in famine? He's done it before. It's recorded in his word. Okay? Uh, Or nakedness or peril or sword. All right? So Jesus is up in heaven and he's praying for us. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. Okay? I'm just giving you the hors d'oeuvres right now, but we're going to get to the meal here in just a minute. Okay? But this is good. Amen? You know, VCF cooks up some good food, natural and spiritual. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Woo! I'll tell you what, Jesus ever lives to make intercession. He intercedes all the time. We need to make intercession a practice. Spouses, you need to pray for one another. Parents, you need to pray for your kids. Members, you need to pray for this church. Amen? We need to pray for people in this community. God doesn't move in the earth unless his people pray. He's given us the ability to pray. And interceding is one type of prayer. Amen? So Jesus ever lived. You know, Jesus tasted death for you so that you don't have to. Well, does that mean I'm not going to die? No, it means, it doesn't mean you're not going to die. It means death is not going to have a sting on you. When a believer dies, there's going to be no sting with it. Amen? That might sting the people that are still here, but it's not going to sting the person dying. Don't be afraid to die. Because death lost its sting for the believer. When you die, you're going to go like this. You're going to step into glory. That was easy. The moment you die, you're going to heaven right there. 
That's promotion, amen? You know, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Hallelujah. And, you know, the Bible calls Jesus our advocate, one who represents us, speaks for us. Amen? All right, go back to Romans 8. Now we're going to see how Holy Spirit is an intercessor. You know, you, you've come from a long line of intercessors. Yes. Jesus, Holy Spirit, God the Father, amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay? So, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Actually, uh, 26. Romans 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. That word infirmities refers to weaknesses. Does humanity have weaknesses? Yeah, we have weaknesses and strengths, right? So we want to magnify our strengths and minimize our weaknesses. But thank God we got Holy Spirit who can help us in our weaknesses. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself. Now, if your version says itself, I just want to let you know Holy Spirit's not an it. He is not cousin it from the Adams family. He is a person. He is God. Amen? He's part of the Trinity. The Spirit himself makes what? Intercession for who? For us. With groanings which cannot be uttered, he, he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Okay? So, have you ever encountered a situation when you didn't know how you should pray for something? Well, guess what? You got a helper. He he will. You don't know what to pray. You don't know how to pray. You just know you need to pray. So you got the helper. Holy Spirit comes in and he gets by your side and he helps you pray. All right. He he helps you intercede. Okay. And uh, he makes intercession sometimes with sometimes it's not going to be with words. Right? With groanings. Oh, oh, oh. You, you ever, sometimes you get to a point of prayer. You know, Hannah, when she was praying about a child, her prayer got so intense, her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. But because she was in that intense moment. Sometimes prayer is a fight. And how many know, in a fight, sometimes you've got to get intense. Right? You've got to dig down deep. You've got to be like Rocky. Yo, Adrian! (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay? So notice that he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When the Holy Spirit's helping you pray, you're praying out God's perfect will. Because that's the point of intercession. You're interceding so that God's will will be done. So, he intercedes for the saints. Now, who's a saint? Do you have to die to become a saint? No. no. Whoever accepts Jesus is a saint. You guys are saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You don't have to die to become a saint. Okay. So he makes intercession according, for the saints according to the will of God. And what happens when he intercedes? All things work together for good. Amen? You, you could be like in a situation and you didn't know what to do or what to say, but you had some spiritual help and it worked out. You're like, I don't know how it worked out, but it worked out for my benefit. Amen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit working. The, the Holy Spirit's in the background going, yeah, that's right. We worked it out for your good, man. That's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is an intercessor. Holy Spirit is an intercessor. So every saint should be an intercessor. And we have to develop the heart of intercession. Okay? You, you can consider prayer like a ladder with many rungs. Right? You know, rungs are the steps on a ladder, okay? Uh, one rung is intercession. Another rung is supplication. Another rung is united or corporate prayer. Another rung is praying in the Spirit. Another rung is prayer of consecration, dedication, and commitment. Another rung is uh, the prayer of agreement. Another rung is prayer of worship, praise, and adoration, all right? It's time to climb the prayer ladder. Amen? So there's different types of prayers. So you got to know which prayer to use in what situation. How are you going to know? Holy Spirit's going to help you. Amen? Glory to God. All right? I want you to go to the book of Micah. Right after the book of Jonah. There might be some dust on these pages. Micah, chapter 2 and verse 12. I better get going. Okay. Micah 2, verse 12. As an intercessor, intercessors are also breakers. As an intercessor, you make waves. As an intercessor, you go into a situation and you cause things to happen. In that situation. Okay? Like when, 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 when there's a struggle or, and you come in the middle, right? You, you, you cause a break to happen or, or a breakthrough to happen. Amen? Intercession is key to breakthrough. All right? Micah chapter 2 verse 12. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of you. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker, verse 13, the breaker is come up before them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them, and the Lord on the head of them. Hallelujah. On the head of them. I'm telling you, sometimes when you're faced with sickness and someone intercedes, you have a breakthrough. The breaker goes forth and brings healing to your body. Amen? Or you're in bondage or captivity, and the breaker comes and he sets you free. Glory to God. Why did God send Moses? 
to Egypt to save his people because there were people interceding that they would be delivered. And God heard their prayer and he sent them a breaker who was also an intercessor. Amen. One thing you need to learn about Moses is every time trouble came, that man prayed. You pastor two to three million people. He, he was a prayer, right? And uh, every time he prayed, okay? So the breaker is the title. That's, that's the Messiah, amen? He, 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 he breaks through. He broke through death. Glory to God. He, he broke through it all, amen? And he gives us the victory, okay? So just, just some examples. Moses was an intercessor. Uh, Nehemiah was an intercessor as he prayed over Israel with the broken down walls. Abraham, he interceded to save Sodom. And he got down to 10 people, but there wasn't 10 righteous in the city. Can you imagine being in a city where there's not 10 righteous people? Wow. And, uh, of course, Samuel was, was a, uh, intercessor. Now here, Mordecai. This is interesting. Mordecai was a watchman who was positioned by the gate, right? He saw danger coming and he alerted Esther who interceded for her people and saved the people. You see how important that works? Mordecai was the one who warned Esther about Haman's plans because he saw it coming. He, he had privilege of, of seeing that. And so he, he told Esther, and Esther was the one who interceded. She went before the king and her people. She risked her own life. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Glory to God. Um, now, I'm going to get to the main part. So developing a heart of intercession is like being a farmer. All right? Um, here's what you need to be a good intercessor. You need to have a developed prayer life. You need to be able to talk to God. Amen. Amen. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because as many as are led by the spirit, they are the children. They are the sons of God. And you need to know how to work with, uh, others and those in authority so that you can communicate what you've seen or what you were shown. Amen? Amen. And uh, so, establishing a powerful prayer life is as easy as being a farmer. Amen? Amen. What do you got to do? You got to sow seed. Okay? You got to water the ground. Right? Once a month, I'm, I'm sorry, once a quarter, on Wednesday night refreshing, we have a night of prayer and praise. Right? Those are seeds where you can, you can, some, you can't always be taught how to pray, but you can be in an atmosphere where they're praying and catch it. Amen? Some things are caught, not taught. Right? So you gotta sow the seed, you gotta water the ground, you gotta cultivate the ground, and patiently and expectantly wait for the harvest. Okay? And, uh, so, in, in sowing ground, we're going to encounter four locks, okay? This is the meat of the message today, okay? Um, I'm, I, I found these locks in the book, uh, the, the Gateway Church, 
But then I, I studied on my own. But I got the names of these from the Gateway Church. It's, it's a book that I read, really touched my life. Okay, so there are four locks that must be opened at the right time and sequence for growth to occur. Okay, and how many know your prayer life is a growing life? You know, when you get, when I got born again, (laughs) I didn't know how to pray, right? I had to learn how to pray. And, uh, sometimes you pray hit or miss. I learned a long time ago that when I pray, I could just pray the word of God because God listens to his own word. Okay, but I had to learn, I had to develop, and I had to grow, and that's what we're doing today, okay? So a seed must be absolutely sure it has arrived in certain uh, safe and suitable space. Number one, in order for your prayer life to go, we have the water lock, okay? Water penetrates the seed. How many know when you plant a seed, right, you ever, have you ever planted a plant, You've got to have some water, right? You can't just plant a seed and then there'll be no water. Why? That seed's going to dry up. It's not going to produce to its maximum capacity. How many, I want some maximum capacity. Okay? So, water penetrates the seed, it changes, uh, change begins, and it can't be stopped. Say, it can't be stopped. Hallelujah. When you start watering your prayer life, you're going to be an unstoppable prayer. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Um, If allowed to dry out, the seed dies. If it receives too much water, it rots. Our water lock is the word of God. It must be allowed to penetrate our hearts in order to change our attitudes. And it causes our spirits to become, okay, it changes our hearts and actions so that God's will can take root in our prayers. How many, how many genuinely want God's will to be done in your life? Amen? Amen? A lack of God's word causes our spirits to become parched and hardened. A deluge of God's word can cause us to rot without the proper drainage, that practical prayer application. All right, go, go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at the water lock. Hallelujah. Thank God for the water. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. This is the water lock, which is important for the seed to grow. If you want to have a good prayer life, you've got to fellowship with the Word. You've got to get the Word in you. You've got to get in the Word so the Word gets in you. Amen? It can't just be in your head. You can't just have head knowledge of the... You can't just know what it says. It's got to be a revelation in your heart. When the Word is a revelation, it's explosive. Amen? Yes. Popcorn isn't popcorn until it goes pop, pop, pop. If it doesn't go pop, pop, it's just kernels sitting in a pan. But when the pop occurs, the, co- the kernel goes from to being a kernel to a popcorn. Amen? Come on, I'm giving you some pop today. You're becoming some popcorn today. Amen? Pop, we're, we're going to have 
popcorn prayer Christians. People have popcorn balls. We're going to have popcorn prayer Christians. Amen. And prayer is going to be popping here and there. All right. Ephesians 5.26. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. The word, Jesus said in John 17, he said, uh, be sanctified by truth. Thy word is truth. The word as water has a sanctifying, cleansing effect. You know, uh, this is seen in the Old Testament. Before the priest could enter the Holy of Holies, there was a, a container of water called the laver. And before he could enter the holy tent, he had to wash with water. That's like us washing ourselves with the word of God. What happens when you wash yourself with the word? You become like Jesus. You wash yourself in the word. You look in the mirror. You say, I see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the word. When you're washing yourself with the water of the word, you're washing yourself with Jesus. Okay? Say, I need the water lock. Okay? Hallelujah. That's what baptism is all about. Baptism, when you, get, when you believe in Christ and accept him as your savior, then you get baptized. It just means your sins are down the drain. Hallelujah, you've been washed from your sin, glory to God. It's, it's something that already took place in the heart, okay? Number two, the second thing that we need to develop a heart of intercession as a seed, we have the water lock, now we have the oxygen lock. The oxygen, how many's ever seen a canal? You know, a canal like the Suez Canal, okay? They're connecting one body of water, to another body of water. In order to do that, they have channels where they have to add water to it to get the ship through the canal, right? So it can go to the other side. But it can't go with, with the amount of water that has, water has to be added to it. So there's different channels that the boat goes through to get from this body of water to this body of water, okay? That's where a lot of our, our oil tankers go. They go through the Suez Canal. All right, so we have the oxygen lock. The breath of life is O2, right? How many are glad that you can breathe freely? Amen? Did you know that God positioned the planet in the perfect place, at the perfect angle, in the perfect distance from the sun, so that it would be conducive for us to breathe? If the earth was a few degrees off, it would be hard for us to breathe. But God perfectly placed the planet at the right angle. Okay? Air mixed with water and right balance results in growth. Our oxygen lock is the Holy Spirit. Ah, we can breathe. He's a spirit. He's the breath of God. Hallelujah. The oxygen lock is the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. When his power is breathed into our prayers, we have the balance needed to unlock our answers. How many want to unlock your answers? You, it's not going to be, you're just, it's not going to be like throwing up a prayer, like, like a ball against a wall and it comes back to you. you your prayers are, your prayers are going to penetrate with power. Your prayers are going to make a difference. The Bible says, uh, 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 in James, it, it says, uh, oh, go, go with me to James for a second. I, I can't get the words right. 
But that's okay. They're recorded. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, yeah, James 5.16. <laughs> okay, thank you, Lord. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. How many want some effectual yeah. fervent prayer? Effects means you, you bring results, right? Hallelujah. Okay, go back to... Uh, so the Holy Spirit... We read in Romans eight twenty six how he is our intercessor, right? So if anybody can help you in prayer, the Holy Spirit can help you in prayer. He knows how to pray. And he knows, everybody say he's my helper. He doesn't do it for you, but he helps you do it. He's not going to come in and pray for you. He helps you to pray. Say, I need to pray. That's like, you can't invite someone to live your Christian life. Would you live my Christian life for me? No, you can't do that. You got to live your own Christian life, right? God will help you. Holy Spirit will help you, but you got to live it. That means, see, you got to cooperate with his operation. He operates, but you got to cooperate. You got to put your co on his operation. And then it's called cooperation. And he's formed a co-op called the church. Amen? So, you're going to need the water of the word to help you become an intercessor. You're going to need the Holy Spirit, right? Go to John 14. John 14. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. John 14. This is so powerful. John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father. Notice Jesus is going to ask the Father for your behalf. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, one just like me. Amen? That you may abide, that he may abide with you forever. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he brings luggage. I'm here to stay. Right? When you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes, I'm here to stay. I'm taking up residence in your heart. Amen? But he's a, he's a good guest. He's not a pest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay? And uh, Ephesians 6, the warfare, you know, talking about the armor of God says pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Okay? All right? So we got the water lock, we got the oxygen lock, we got our third lock now. This is the third thing that's going to help you develop a heart of intercession. We got the temperature lock. The climate is either too cold or too hot. We don't grow pineapple in Pennsylvania because it has to grow in a hot, moist climate. It's got to be hot, right? Pineapples don't like the cold. They like the hot. Okay? Pineapples don't grow in Pennsylvania. Okay? Climate is important. The seed can be destroyed or kept dormant. What happens when a, a, plants are just growing and there's a frost? It damages the product. That's why farmers take out insurance because of weather. Okay? 
Balanced warmth opens the seeds for growth. Our temperature lock is the spiritual climate that is necessary to pray the word of God in conjunction with the Holy Spirit's direction and timing. The right climate means coming into agreement with the word and the spirit's wisdom. Hallelujah. Go with me to Psalm 133. I'm going to show you the right climate. What's the right climate? The right climate is unity. The right climate is being united with God and united with his word so that God's will can be done. Psalm 133. This is powerful. Three verses of power. This is a three-cylinder engine that can outrun an eight-cylinder engine. Okay? Psalm 133. Behold, look, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to be separated. Doesn't say that? It says for brethren to what? Dwell together. We go together. Like Ramalamala, whatever that. Nobody's ever seen Greece, right? We go together. I'm, I'm having a blast today. Hallelujah. Okay? How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You don't want, God doesn't want divisiveness. Strife brings division. The devil brings division. God brings unity. Verse 2, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. When they were anointed, they would take a canister of oil and pour it on a person. And that oil would just run down like this. Okay? All right? This is, this is the atmosphere, the climate. This is, where, this, is, this is the climate that causes the seed to grow. Okay? That went down the skirts of his garments. I'm telling you, God wants to anoint everything. It gets everywhere. See, to anoint means to smear. God wants to smear you with fire. He wants to smear you with power. He wants to smear you with victory. He wants to smear you with joy. He wants to smear you with overcoming ability. Because it runs down. See, everything comes from the head. Jesus, and it affects the body. What happens to the head happens to the body. What the, if the head gets oil, the body gets oil. All right? This is the powerful now. Verse 3. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there, in the atmosphere of unity, in the climate of agreement, there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There's a blessing in unity. There's a curse on division. Amen? So this is the temperature lock. Ephesians 4 says we need to be joined and knitted together in Christ. We need to protect the the unity with the bond of peace. We need to guard the unity. Don't let anybody speak about you or your church in a negative way. Amen? Amen? That's how you guard it. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. God works in the atmosphere of unity. That's the temperature lock. All right? Jesus is our bond of unity. He brought the Jew and the Gentile together in one man, and he made a new man called a Christian. Hallelujah. He took people that were religious and people didn't know anything and he brought them together in Christ. And he made a new creature out of you. Hallelujah. He made one new man. Glory to God. Why? He's the bond of unity. Amen. Why did the Holy Spirit move in such a way in the book of Acts? Because they were in one accord. Didn't mean they all drove a Honda. Some of you are getting it now. Man, that's a big car. If 120 fitting in the cord. Must have been a stretch Honda. <laughs> no, they were in one heart, one mind. What were they doing? They were waiting for God to send his promise. And they were waiting, they were praying, they were worshiping. They weren't arguing, they weren't complaining, they weren't disagreeing. 120 people were all in unity, and look at what happened. The Holy Ghost moved in such a way on that place. Unity causes the power of God to show up. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, love is the perfect bond of unity. All right? And uh, in Acts chapter 4, they also came together and prayed, and they were in such unity that God shook the house. Amen? So the temperature lock, we got the water lock, which is the word. We got the oxygen lock, which is the Holy Spirit. We got the temperature lock, which is unity, okay? Then we got the fourth one. This is the light lock. The light lock. How many know when a seed is planted, it needs some light? Right? Light tells the seed it is near to the soil. It's near to the soil surface to emerge and to break ground. There is power in a seed to break ground. I heard it said this way from Richard Roberts. He said, when you plant a natural seed into the soil, the soil says, I'm the dirt. I'm bigger than you. I'm going to cover you. And you are not going to break through. And the seed says, I've got power in me that you don't know of. And I'm going to break through that dirt. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much you cover. I don't care how dark you are. I'm going to break through. And something happens in that seed when you put it in the right soil, mixed with the right temperature, with the water and the oxygen and the light. That seed finds a way to break through the ground. Ultimately, God wants intercessors to have breakthroughs. It's time to break through. We're breaking through the religious facade. Amen? We don't come to church because it's a Sunday. We come to church so that we can have an encounter with the living God, so that we can hear his word, so that we can fellowship with precious saints of like precious faith, where we can worship the Lord together, amen, where we can come into agreement and change our city and change our community and change our nation. If there was ever a time for some intercession for our country, it is now. Our country's on the brink of not being America anymore. But it's not going to happen. 
God planted a seed that's stronger than the dirt. I've even seen, I've even seen plants break through concrete. I've seen plants break through rock. Amen. Ain't nothing going to hold me down. Ain't no stopping us now. Woo, woo. Okay. I'm, I'm not a praise and worship leader. I'm a preacher. Okay. Our light is the illumination of God's presence. As we get breakthrough in prayer, it causes his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? You know, Daniel was told, the Bible says, he had illumination, understanding, and wisdom. Daniel was able to see what couldn't be seen. King said, interpret my dream. Okay, what's your dream? I'm not going to tell you. You interpret it. How are you going to interpret a dream if you don't know what the dream is unless you can see into the unseen? So Daniel went to God, who is the author of the unseen. And he said, what's this man's dream? And God showed him the dream. And he interpreted it, which led to promotion. Amen? And then... uh Ephesians 1 says that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. And uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says light shines in darkness. Bible says we walk in light as he is in the light. Amen? We are sons of light. So we've got to sow these seeds of prayer. We've got to develop a heart of intercession and we've got to pray. Amen? We're going to take a moment right now. I want you to stand up. Hallelujah. I want you to stand up. Now, I'm going to do something that may shock some of you. But you're close to people, aren't you? I want you to intercede for the people that are close to you. Well, I don't know what to say. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to say? Amen. I want you just to take a moment right now, and I want you just to start praying for people. If if they're on your right or left or whatever, whoever's your closest to, just start praying for them in the name of Jesus. You are standing in the gap. Hallelujah. You're going to pray. You're going to pray. You're going to pray God's will. Pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit's going to flow. Holy Spirit's going to flow. He's going to show you some things. Start praying. Hallelujah. Start praying. Prayer for one another. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, I want you to stop for just a second. I want you to stop for just a second. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to say this. Say in the name of Jesus. I let go and I release every hurt done to me, every negative word spoken over me, every action against me, I put it under the blood. I forgive it. I cover them with the blood. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I'm free from that hurt. I'm free from that pain. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Now start praying again. Pray in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Father, we give you thanks and praise and glory. I give you thanks and praise for my wife and my son, Lord. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord to be upon them that makes them rich and has no sorrow with it. I thank you, Lord, that they're filled with the knowledge of your will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and they can walk worthy of you, Lord. I just give you thanks and praise for the goodness of your abundant life in them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your will is done in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you. I just lift them up right now. I thank you that they're free from pain in the name of Jesus. They're healed in their bodies. They're whole in their soul. And they're filled with the glory of God in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Hallelujah. You're praying for a breakthrough. You're praying. I need to see lip, your lips need to be moving. It's not a silent prayer. It's a verbal prayer. Pray out loud. Well, I don't know what to pray. Don't worry about what you don't know. Just pray. Hallelujah. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man causes breakthrough, causes, brings victory. Hallelujah. Releases freedom in the name of Jesus. It releases captives in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, we as a people who have been called out of darkness into your light, we pray over the United States of America right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to deliver us from evil in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that the truth would go forth as a, as a mighty, mighty force in the earth. And Lord, that you would, uh, that your light would reveal things that are done in darkness, that you would expose evil and wicked plans, and that they will come to naught in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise that we are the United States of America. We bind up the spirit of division and hatred that puts people against people and against groups in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We plead the blood of Jesus over the United States of America. And we ask you, Lord, to cleanse us, uh, to, to sanctify this nation uh, for which it was started off. And Lord, I give you thanks and praise that the laws that were written in our Constitution will be abided by in the name of Jesus. And every evildoer Every wicked way will be put away, will be dealt with by the hand of God in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hand, Father, and heal this land. We need healing in this land. We need deliverance in this land. And, Lord, we stand as United States citizens in the name of Jesus. And we plead for this nation. We plead for this country that your will would be done in this nation. And that we would get back to our roots and be a people as we were founded to be. And that we would abide by what's written on our currency in God we trust. Lord, I pray that, oh, I pray, Father, that hearts of the people in America will turn their hearts to God. They would repent. Lord, we repent for uh, the killing of babies. We repent, Father, 
for allowing these things to happen in our nation. But Lord, today we are going to commit that we're going to intercede for this nation. We're going to pray for this nation. This nation will not be lost, but it will be delivered by the power of God. And we ask you, Lord, to sweep over this nation from shore to shore, from border to border, with the power of the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, let a great revival come. Let the gospel be preached with power and authority and signs, wonders, and miracles coming in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We know that you are on the throne. And we are destined for victory. And we just praise you, Lord. Let's just give God some praise now. Praise him for the victory. Praise him for causing us to win and overcome in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, you, you, thanks be unto God. You always cause us to triumph. Thanks be to God. You give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we bind up the accuser of the brethren, which is Satan, the devil, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that the gallows that Haman planned for others, they're going to be caught up in their own plan in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. So you want to develop a heart of intercession. You you need the Word. You need the Holy Spirit. You need unity. And you need light. And you will become a powerful, praying person. Because prayer, based in God's Word, with His power, changes things. It changes things. Peter was put in prison, but the church came together. What did they do? They prayed. And when they prayed, God sent angels to that prison. He had to wake Peter up. Wake up, Peter! And the angel didn't even use a key. As he approached the door, it opened. And Peter was led out of the prison because the church prayed. Everybody say, because the church. We are the church. If our country is going to be saved, we're going to have to stand in the gap. We're going to have to go in between. Amen? There's a story in the Old Testament when a plague had broken out. And one of Aaron's sons took a spear and he went in between the plague and he did what he had to do and he stopped the plague. How many know we can stop the plague on America? We can stop the evil plans against our nation. Amen. We have the power on our side. We have the name of Jesus. We have the word of God. We have Holy Spirit. And we are mighty intercessors that cause breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word today. May it be written in our hearts. Bring it to our remembrance throughout this week so that we can do it. And I just bless each and every of your people. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless.